Hello. 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 Wow, look at this. Yeah. <laughs> is it recording right now? I think it is. Shut up. The future is now. This is great. I know. <laughs> what a wonderful day in the neighborhood. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I'm so tired of this quarantine. It's not even yeah. quarantine, like full quarantine. It's just like my family. Social thing. distancing. Yeah, I hate that. I hate that. I'm an extrovert. I'm not thriving right now. Yeah. I'm doing the opposite of that. <laughs> it's frustrating because my family's like, don't hang out with your friends. And then at the same time, they're like, go fight. Go fight in the stores and get us our toilet paper and our food and our sustenance. <laughs> and I'm like, well, all right. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, guys, this this is less than ideal, but you know what? <laughs> It'd be like that sometimes. Yeah. How long has it been since we recorded anyway? It's been a while. Yeah, I know. It's been a hot minute. I think we the last time we actually recorded was in the beginning of February, but I didn't end up editing and posting it until the beginning of March. She was. <laughs> That's a lot of time. Golly. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, it's been a hot minute. We should have. We should do this. We should do this more. Besides, we are, we're gonna have more time if we're gonna be on for real quarantine. Yeah. Right on. So, what is on the agenda to talk about today? I have a lot I want to unpack. Oh, goody goody gumdrops. <laughs> Where are we gonna start? Well, so some things I want to talk about. Obviously, this episode. And possibly the next one will be about My Hero Academia. Oh, I love that to the max. And um, I want to talk about the movie. Okay, I'm okay with that as well. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about uh, the school story trope, since we've touched on it briefly before, but never actually, like, explained it. We might have talked about it a little bit at the end of an episode or after we got done recording, something like that. Mm -hmm. I remember a little bit about it. And then I want to discuss some of the morality issues that are covered in My Hero Academia and, like, discuss the different points of views of the heroes and the villains and a particular anti-hero. And I think that deserves its own episode. I agree. What are we going to do first? Because, hmm... I don't know. Personally, for me, I, I, I like discuss, discussing morality with our Star Wars episode. You know, I had a lot uh-huh. of fun with that. So why don't yeah. we save the best for last? And okay. Why don't we do, uh, why don't we talk about the school trope that you're bringing up? Because okay, cool. I remember you said uh, the school trope in like a lot of shows. Like, for example, you said, not just shows, but shows and movies. You said Harry Potter was really big on that. It was a yes. carbon copy of that. Oh, yes. Can you go ahead and, like, explain what the school trope is? Just, yeah. like, refresh so, me a bit. Okay, so some background on how I learned about the school story and started to recognize these themes in My Hero Academia is I took a honors class at my university last year. The one and it was all about down. Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So the class was all about Harry Potter and analyzing the themes, the written tropes the like background like political issues that are going on in harry potter and it was a very interesting class because i love harry potter oh yeah that was my number one fandom (laughs) yeah yeah for sure and so we actually had an entire unit based on the school story 
Okay. And so um, I actually pulled up a definition of what the school story genre is so that I can like make sure I have that clear. So this is actually coming from Wikipedia, of course. Oh, we love Wikipedia. Very so, reliable. Yes. The school story is a fiction genre centering on older pre-adolescent and adolescent school life at its most popular in the first half of the 20th century. While examples do exist in other countries, it is most commonly set in English boarding schools and mostly written in girls' and boys' subgenres. Um, it largely focuses on friendship, honor, and loyalty between pupils. Uh, plots involve sports events, bullies, secrets, rivalry, and bravery. Huh. Um, the traditional school story was popular at the beginning of the 20th century and that popularity declined after the Second World War. But school stories have remained popular in other forms with a focus on state-run co-educational schools and themes revolving more modern concerns. For example, the Harry Potter series. Nice. So, obviously, My Hero Academia takes place at a school... Now it's a boarding school since they have dorms, mm-hmm. and it is co-ed unlike the original school stories, which were boys' girls, boys' schools and girls' schools. Yeah. But a lot of the same plot devices from the original school story genre are present in My Hero Academia, which is, like, the sports events. You've got bullies. You've got rivalry, bravery, and... A common, like, rule of thumb with the school story is having a group of friends that are a trio. So it's the main character and their two friends. Okay. So in My Hero Academia, we've got Deku with Ida and Ochako. Okay. And then um, the other, like, thing that is always in the school story is that the, the protagonist always has a really close relationship with either one of the teachers or the headmaster and that allows them to like get away with some of the mischief they get into because the headmaster is like oh it's fine you're learning and growing you're just a kid (laughs) he's a Gryffindor oh he's inheriting one for all oh exactly (laughs) something like that exactly all right I like this yeah so so I, I, the only, like, two narratives that I can think of right off the top of my head are probably, you know, the ones we just made, Harry Potter and My Hero Academia. But what are some other ones that, do you know any? Hmm. Trying to think. Oron Host Club isn't that, right? I know it takes place in a school. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> it takes place in a school, but it's not necessarily the school story. Okay. Like, genre. Hold on, let me see something real quick. The school story genre. I wonder if I've missed any of these. Because I want to know. You know, I find it kind of interesting because of how many similarities we can find in all forms of uh, literature and stuff. Like, I know that there's a lot of... I think it's really cool because I might have sent this to you recently. But it was that stupid video and it was... uh, Oh, the who wrote Harry Potter again? <laughs> J.K. Rowling. Yeah, it was like J.K. Rowling ripped off Star Wars. 
and <laughs> that guy went and talked about everything um about you know the same you know i guess plot summary of harry potter the star wars where it's like oh uh, a yeah friend one of them has a kind of in love with one of the other ones but the other one just sees them as like a sister or something <laughs> but that's funny because once again all of those tropes from star wars are being ripped off of mythology and any other story because of they're both based on the hero's journey love that so <laughs> everything's just a rip off of something else <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Nothing's original anymore. <laughs> yeah, ugh, I hate that. Why can't someone just come up with a brand new concept that everyone else can rip off? Gee whiz. <laughs> Back in my day, we came up with whole new philosophical ideas and things that no one had thought of before. <laughs> Gee whiz. Yeah. I mean, I think it's really interesting because we get to see that really, really... Like, we get to see that it's clearly that trope in Harry Potter, like, right off the bat. Because, yeah. you know, it takes place in a school. It's the same exact group of friends. And it's in a, it's in a you said, Western, like, English-style school, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, then it's, like, a direct copy of that. But, you know, one thing that I don't think aligns with that, well, I guess it kind of does at the same time. But would you say that there are, like, rival, like, trio parties in some of these literature, in some of this literature? Yeah, of course. Because That's like part of it. Yeah, yeah. So like would you say that like the rival group to, you know, uh Ida, Deku and Ochako would maybe be, I don't know, Baku the Baku squad? Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's really awesome. I wanna you whenever we had talked about this before, you said that there was one story that kind of started all of this. Um do you remember what that was called? Oh yeah. Um let me think. Yeah, because um, you said it was, it's in that like same narrative and uh, how they can, they're friends with like a headmaster, a really high teacher, they can get away with things. What was that story? Because I want to try and review bullet points and see how that, how that goes along with um, some of the key points in our other stories. Oh, I think the book was um, Tom Brown's School Days. All right. We read some excerpts of that in my class about Harry Potter and compared it to Harry Potter. All right, right on. Let's see. Plot synopsis. All right. You know, yeah, like I remember how you were talking about how bullies in it, you know, bullies going after like the main character and a lot of narratives is a big thing one thing that i like a little bit more about my hero is like bakugo is like most certainly a bully and like a terrible person Mm -hmm. and you kind of get to see that the same thing with uh harry potter and uh draco draco malfoy yeah Yeah, that's one of the things i immediately recognized when watching the first episode of my hero academia like i loved bakugo instantly because draco malfoy i i adore him i love draco malfoy he's a great character and so like watching the first episode i was like oh it's, it's Draco Malfoy, but with explosion power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I was noticing, I, I was thinking about that. That's, like, a very good, that, that's some great big similarities between those two characters. Because you get to see Bakugo, and he's like, mm, I hate you, Deku. And then you get to see Draco, <laughs> and he's like, what are you doing, you Potter? Exactly. <laughs> I love that. That's the best. 
Um, I think it's also really funny because Ida in his own way is the, I guess, a little bit like Ron. And I, I know Ron is like a little bit of a Charlie Brown type character. I see Ida more as the Hermione. You know, because Hermione, especially in the beginning, is a staunch rule follower, values academics more than anything. I guess, yeah, that's that's more like it. And then would Ochako be our Ron? Ochako is the Ron Weasley. So I guess you're going to get what you wanted and Ida and Ochako are going to end up together. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let me think. Does Ochako well, have a younger re- sister? Not that we know of. All right, well, she better watch out because Deku is going to marry her instead. Because <laughs> so that's now, how it the, goes. The reason that Ochako is Ron is because Deku meets Ochako first and Harry meets Ron first. Okay. And um, she has the bubbly, kind, best friend personality. Mm-hmm. And she's super supportive of Deku, but also has her own strengths. This is good. You know, Ochako on her own, right, has a lot of, like, stuff going for her that makes her, like, not Ron at all. I know (laughs) me and you might have discussed this, like, off the podcast sometime before, but uh, you talked about her whole arc just kind of died whenever she said, oh, I I like Deku. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Okay, so Ochako's a really great female character. Mm -hmm. She's got a lot of good things going for her she's um nice she's sweet she has a good motive for wanting to become a hero it seems a little greedy at first because she wants money but she's doing it to make sure her parents have a good and good life and are taken care of right and who wouldn't want that yeah and um she is pushing her powers to the limits and like showing that she has what it takes to become a hero but and she's always been like flirty and blushy around Deku, mm-hmm. like kind of like teasing and hinting at the seeds of romance. But like, who doesn't have that with a friend of the opposite gender when you're a fifteen-year-old? <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I get that. Yeah, but then the moment she realized that she has an cr- actual crush on Deku, and they're not just blushy and flirty around each other Mm -hmm. then her entire arc and all of her motives turned to supporting Deku and that's what ruined her character arc because now anything involving her wanting to become a better or stronger hero she's doing it to impress Deku or support Deku in some way all right I get that well, that's kind of like Ron, because does Ron really have any, like, great big motives to, like, you know, graduating and becoming a good wizard? Like, what is his motive? Is it just, like, to help out Harry? Well, not really. Ron is his own person. He actually has, in the books, a serious jealousy complex towards Harry because Harry is so famous and wealthy and Ron's family is uh, yeah, see, really I poor. I didn't know that. I didn't know any of that. That's really cool that you bring that up because, you know... I guess at the surface of Chaco and Ron have a lot of similarities, you know, <laughs> but well, yeah, exploring the books, I really ought to read them sometime. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point because, let me think. 
Ron's family in the books, Ron is um, a pureblood wizard, so he has higher status in wizarding society, but his family is poor, so then he doesn't quite match all of the other higher society wizards because he's not wealthy like the rest of them. Yeah. And so um, his whole family are Gryffindors, and they're all good people, and they want their children to grow up to be good, powerful, upstanding wizards, and they don't care that much about money because uh, family, honor, and bravery matter most to them. This is wholesome. And so that's the kind of person Ron wants to be, but he's also, um, like, sarcastic, he's funny, he, um, he starts getting, like, insecure and jealous because of how famous and popular Harry is, and he's just Harry's best friend. Huh. Do we see any jealousy arcs between characters? You know, I think Bakugo gets pretty... I don't want to say jealous of Deku. Would you say Mm -hmm. he's jealous? Maybe not jealous, but definitely that, like, inferiority complex. Yeah, because I don't think Deku has any friends in it that, like, get jealous and stuff. Actually, that reminds me of another um, literary point I wanted to bring up that I forgot about. And that is um, a foil. Do you know what a foil is? Like a foil magic card, Pokemon card? Like, I'm afraid I don't. (laughs) No, it's a a foil in literary. I don't, actually. Okay, I'm going to look up, like, a definition of it so that I can, like, explain it correctly. Okay. Who's the Neville Longbottom in My Hero Academia? Hmm. Hmm. I don't think there really is a Neville Longbottom because also um because Neville is like in the beginning he's really insecure and feels like he doesn't belong in Gryffindor Mm -hmm. and that leads him to be the victim of bullying and harassment from the teachers that's the worst (laughs) yeah by the way um Snape in Harry Potter is the worst and has nothing on Aizawa. Aizawa is the goth strict teacher that J.K. Rowling wanted Snape to be. (laughs) (laughs) Alright. Are are there any similarities between, um... Wow, I can't believe I'm blanking on his name. All Might and, uh... Who's the headmaster? Dumbledore. Dumbledore. Dumbledore? Yeah, what similarities do we see between them? Didn't you say in the book that... Dumbledore is kind of like a flamboyant out. <laughs> you said there was a better description of him in the books. Can you give me a good description of him in the books versus the movie? Okay, book Dumbledore is very aloof and kind of silly. And he has this like foolish old man appearance. Whereas, kind of like Yoda. Yeah, but behind the scenes like um the persona he's not putting out there is actually really manipulative that's pretty so like i would only compare all might to dumbledore in the sense of their um archetype and what sort of mentor figure they are Mm -hmm. but not really in personality okay 
I get I get where you're coming from with that. <laughs> because Dumbledore purposely kept secrets and manipulated the people around him to defeat Voldemort and get what he wanted, which you could argue that was for the greater good, but the way he kept secrets was really harmful and he hurt a lot of people in the process of trying to defeat Voldemort. Okay. I get where you're coming from with that. Mm-hmm. Are there any similarities between Voldemort and uh, All for One? Um, because... In the sense of being a villain and wanting to gain more power, yeah, and like seeking immortality, wanting to rule the world, then yeah. Okay. Dang it, I wish we knew more about him because, you know... We discussed a little bit of this in uh, some of our in one of our last episodes, but the similarities between uh, Darth Vader and All for One, mm-hmm. and the similarities between um, Star Wars and My Hero. But I I wanted to see I, I personally want to explore if there's more similarities between uh, Harry Potter and uh, My Hero. Yeah, a lot of these similarities are simply in place because of them following the hero's journey plot. So those particular archetypes are there. Um, another similarity that I would like to compare and contrast, we brief- briefly mentioned, was um, Snape and Aizawa. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was another thing that really stood out to me the first time I watched the show. Because um, Snape and Aizawa are both strict teachers that come off like with a super bad impression on the first day of school they really frighten the students um both of them have long black hair and wear all black okay (laughs) both of them talk kind of monotone all right this is good (laughs) but snape went out of his way to harass and bully the students to like make them fear him and get them in line okay like for example um anytime neville longbottom messed up in class he would like chew him out and like make him show his failed potion to the rest of the class what a jerk yeah and like um in Harry Potter, they have they allow a lot of old, like, disciplinary punishments that are now like not allowed in schools because they're like physical harm. In the worst. Yeah. So like Snape would like have detentions where like that would like last for a super long time after school hours and like stuff like that. That's the worst. Yeah. And then J.K. Rowling tried to make, tried to give Snape this sort of, like, redemption arc. And, well, Snape was, like, it was always hard to tell throughout the series what side Snape was actually on. Because it was like, oh, he's mean to the students, he's a bad guy. But then you find out at the end of Sorcerer's Stone that he was using, he was secretly using magic to protect Harry and was defending the Sorcerer's Stone. And you're like, oh, so Snape's a good guy. He's just kind of rough around the edges. But then it just keeps flopping back and forth throughout the story. You're like, oh, he's doing this now, so he must be a bad guy. Oh, he's doing this now, so he must be a good guy. What side is he actually on? 
And then, um, spoiler alert, Snape kills Dumbledore. <laughs> I'd be so sad if I saw that. ended up killing Allbite somehow. Yeah, that would suck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so Snape kills Dumbledore, and so then at that moment, you're like, oh, okay, so Snape's, like, definitely a bad guy now, like... He's all in villain and Death Eater. And so you're like, okay, so that's what's going on. But then um, there was this, like, attempt at a redemption arc for Snape um, when he dies. And you get to see Snape's memories and why he did what he did. And you get to see that all this time he loved Lily but hated James. So he was mean and aggressive to Harry what a simp but secretly loved him because he was Lily's son that's like <laughs> low-key really creepy I know and um the whole time he had been like working as a double agent for Dumbledore and like giving Dumbledore information on the Death Eaters and he was doing it because Dumbledore was like if you really loved Lily you would help us defeat Voldemort so again, Dumbledore being manipulative. <laughs> Dumbledore, why you gotta do that, my man? <laughs> yeah, but um, so then the way it was written, it, it it makes you like sympathize for Snape, and you're like, oh, he was really a good guy the whole time. This was all the part of the plan, mm. and you know he was really on the side of the good guys. But like that doesn't excuse his actions or how he treated Harry and the other students. Like, it helps it helps show why he treated Harry the way he did, but it doesn't explain how he treated the other students and yeah. why he was a horrible teacher and a horrible person. Hmm. This student has failed. Time to embarrass him in front of the class. Yeah. But on the other hand, um, Aizawa, we see from the get-go, he's strict and rough on the students at first but he really cares about them and their safety and their well-being and like the point in the first day of school when he singles Deku out it's because he knows that Deku's power is too much for him and that he's gonna hurt himself and he's like if you're gonna hurt yourself every time you use your power you're just a liability and you're not gonna make it as a hero it's way too dangerous for you to keep trying Gee. okay yeah and- so you in you saying that i saw it was everything that you wanted for snape is very very good point yeah and then um in the usj arc when he takes on like the entire league of villains <laughs> To protect the kids. It's like, dude, like, this is the goth teacher we all need in our lives. (laughs) I love that. That That's awesome. (laughs) Very, very good point. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, I really like the point that you made with uh, them being close with uh, some of the um, headmasters. They can get away with a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean... In both stories, they've done, like, a lot of, like, really messed up stuff that got away with it that, like, normally yeah. wouldn't be able to. And I really yeah. like that. But who do you think has been more lenient, anyway? 
who do you think is like a more lenient headmaster or principal or you know higher up that's helped out our main characters hmm a more lenient headmaster All Might comes off as like a kind of goofy teacher in a school setting but like when he's one-on-one with Deku, he's very serious and knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And he did say he was proud of Deku for uh, handling the situation with the villains and helping everyone escape, even though he was told not to go and fight the villains. Okay. Um. So I would say even though that was a little lenient, I think Dumbledore's way more lenient because he just obviously favors the Gryffindor students. <laughs> I don't think All Might shows like particular or harmful favoritism to any of the students. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, Deku's his favorite because Deku's like his kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, yes, but, my son. But like... He wouldn't, like, give Deku an A and then fail everybody else. Yeah. I agree with you there. Whereas, Dumbledore totally would. <laughs> like, look at the first, uh, um, house championships in the first movie. Like, everyone always makes fun of it. But, like, Slytherin had a significant lead. They were ahead by, like, a couple hundred points. <laughs> and Dumbledore was just like mm, 50 points to this single kid for this one thing that I did last night 50 points for this other kid for an excellent game of chess yeah <laughs> it's like what that's pretty valid it's like no no Slytherin earned those points let him take the L yeah she was <laughs> okay I guess I hear you're coming from with that I don't yeah. know if we've ever talked about this, but I don't know. I think this would be, like, a good thing to, like, close the episode. If oh, wait, I have more. <laughs> oh, I'm ready. Okay, proceed. <laughs> so, um, we kind of missed it, but I wanted to talk about the literary foils in right. My Hero Oh, my gosh, I forgot. Okay. Okay, so a foil is a character who contrasts with the protagonist to highlight their qualities. So... Um, in Harry Potter, Harry's foil is actually Draco Malfoy because they're, um, their families are kind of similar but opposite. And therefore, they ended up, like, Draco ended up being what Harry could have been if his parents were alive sort of thing. That is a really good point, actually. Because they had, like, similar families, like you were saying, right? Yeah. And, like, we learn in, I can't remember which Harry Potter movie, but his dad was kind of the worst. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we see that he's, like, super awful to Snape and, Yeah, you know. um, so James was a bully himself. James Potter was a bully in high school. Um, when he was a student at Hogwarts, he was a bully to Snape. Um, he was a good person because he, um... Made friends with um, Remus and Sirius, 
Uh, Remus was an outcast because he was a werewolf, and Sirius hated his family, and his uh, family were, like, strict purebloods and were kind of abusive. So uh, Sirius ran away from home, and uh, James's family took him in. Okay. Um, the Potter family were a wealthy, pure-blood family, just like the Malfoys. Yeah. It just so happened that the Malfoys gave in to the pressure of Voldemort and the Death Eaters and joined the Death Eaters out of fear, mm-hmm. and the Potters did not give in, and so James and Lily were killed. This is spooky, but I like this. Okay. Mm-hmm. So... Draco is what Harry could have ended up becoming if his parents had given into Voldemort out of fear. And um, they're... They are very similar, but their significant differences are there to highlight each other. So, like, Harry could have been in Slytherin. He has Slytherin qualities, like Draco. Right. But um, Harry chooses to become, to be brave and fulfill the prophecy and be the hero that he's destined to be, whereas Draco and all of the Malfoys will give in to fear. Okay. So I was thinking about that in my Academia and how we compare uh, Bakugo to Draco and so therefore um, Bakugo is in a sense uh, Deku's foil because Bakugo grew up with a quirk and had a big ego about it and was a bully about it yeah. Deku was quirkless but both of them like admire All Might and want to be heroes Yeah, and so we see them kind of having that foil like aspect to each other but there's actually another character who serves as a better foil, in a sense, and actually is a more purposeful foil to Deku. And you can tell that purely from his visual design, and that is Shigaraki. Hmm. <laughs> Explain. <laughs> okay, for vi- visual design, the reason I could tell visually that Shigaraki was meant to be Deku's foil is they have the same shoes. They do. They do. <laughs> I didn't think about that. <laughs> but literary-wise, character-wise, um, Deku is All Might's successor and Shigaraki is One for All's successor. The two of them are just kids i mean shigaraki's 20 but he's still a kid yeah he's he's (laughs) an angsty boy yeah um they're just trying to be who their mentor is shaping them to be um it just so happens that one of them is a hero and the other is a villain and they both have the drive to become number one in their respective hero-villain categories. Yeah. Okay. I see where you're coming from with that. Mm-hmm. And I, like, agree, but the one thing that just... He didn't grow up with the quirk, though, you know? 
and Shigaraki's had that quirk for like a really long time and you know how do you think that works with the whole foiling thing like what are you what are your thoughts on well when Shigaraki was a kid and this is coming from the manga so manga spoilers here yeah um Shigaraki's quirk developed late yeah how old was he again I think he was like six or something all right so his quirk developed late and his family thought that he didn't have a quirk right and when his quirk activated it just went completely out of control yeah and everyone you know they got snapped out of existence you know yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) i can't help but think of (laughs) the scene in infinity war (laughs) i mean kind of accurate (laughs) that's the worst poor sugar rocky yeah i know yeah, I guess it's a really good point with uh, what you're saying, how they're foils with each other. But I don't know. I feel like Bakugo would be a better foil. Well, actually, you wouldn't know who actually would be a pretty good foil? Hmm. Well, I was thinking about this, you know, and Deku is like a pretty like noble guy, you know? Mm-hmm. And like he really wanted a quirk. And do you think he would have turned out like Bakugo if he would have had a quirk? Because I think he might have turned out like Ida if he would have had a quirk. Yeah, probably. Uh, to Ida or Bakugo? Like Ida. Okay, yeah. Because, I don't know. But still, those differences are there to highlight the characteristics of the individual characters. So that you can put them right next to each other and see the vast difference between the two. Yeah, because they both have mentors that are bringing them up to, you know, mm-hmm. be the successor and how they want to be and how they want them to be. Mm-hmm. Do you think they're each, you know, because we see this with Deku, with him having his own arc, because um, you remember how he was like, hey, I can use my feet to kick butt too. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to do that instead. <laughs> and I know we talked about recently in the manga that Shigaraki had his own like little, I wouldn't say like redemption, but, you know, really cool, like it's your power arc type thing, right? Mm-hmm. Would you say there are similarities between Deku realizing he has feet and Shigaraki realizing he can, like, turn things in just the general vicinity around him to dust? Would you say there yes. are similarities in between that? Yes, okay, definitely. right on. When Shigaraki's, like, full quirk awakens and, like, he learns just how powerful he is and has his memories come back, it's definitely a lot like Deku unlocking his powers. Right on. That's really cool. Um, with some of the other characters, do you think that, you know, within the hero side at UA, do you think there are any foils to anybody in um, in the League of Villains? Do you think anybody foils anybody there? I mean, as far as, like, love interest, you could say Ochako and Toga are foils of each other. In what way? Both of them like Deku, but... um... (laughs) Toga wants to chop him up. (laughs) Or drink his blood or something. Yes. (laughs) Just a little messed up, but okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um... If... Dobby is a Todoroki, then 
Shoto, Todoroki, and Dobby would be foils of each other. Okay, right on. I really like that. <laughs> hmm. Let me think. Because me and you discussed this a while ago, but it's mm-hmm. I know it's a manga spoiler, but with Twice, would Twice mm-hmm. foil anybody in 1A? Hmm. Interesting. Because I remember at the beginning whenever we started talking about this that we were saying that there was like rival parties that were like the same like group of three. Yeah. In a way, wouldn't we say that maybe Ida kind of foils Dobby a bit? Because if we're this is just theory though with him being a Todoroki, but if he was a Todoroki, he'd come from a wealthy family, you know, he would have the same powers as everyone else in his family and be able to do all sorts of cool and groovy stuff. He's kind of a foil of Dobby in a way, wouldn't you think, or no? Yeah. I think that's a really good point with saying that Toga is a foil of Ochako. Mm-hmm. Hmm. <sighs> Let me think. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. What about, um... Oh my gosh, I'm skipping on his name. Overhaul. Do you think Overhaul's a foil of anybody? Hmm. Oh, I remember that, what I wanted... That reminds me of what I wanted to talk about in the morality thing. So maybe let's save that for the next episode. Okay. Um, I guess I'll say who I think Overhaul's foil is. But I don't want to explain it or argue it until the next episode. Okay. I think Overhaul's foil, but not even necessarily foil. It's just because they do the same thing, but one's a hero and one's a villain. And so they're only foils. They're not literary foils. They're fandom foils. Okay. If that makes sense. Overhaul and Endeavor. By them both being awful parents? Yeah. <laughs> well. But just think about it. Overhaul is super physically and mentally abusive to Ari. Endeavor is the same way to all of his kids. One's a hero, one's a villain. Why does the fandom love Overhaul? but despise Endeavor. That's a very valid point. (laughs) (laughs) So they're not literary foils, but like in the fandom, they're foils. That's a good point. And we can't debate this right now. We're going to wait till next episode. I wanted wanted to wait till the next episode because I felt like it fit better in the morality thing. All right, that's fine. (laughs) But that's a really good point. Yeah. I really wish that we knew more about uh, who were the previous inheritors of One for All. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I wish we would be able to know that. So I think it's cool that All Might is the polar opposite of uh, One for All or All for One. Sorry, All for One. (laughs) Um, Because he's just like the polar opposite, you know. Mm-hmm. I think it's also kind of cool because with your comment 
um, I think that let's just say the Malfoys like didn't go and like you know join the Death Eaters. Yeah. Do you think Malfoy would be more like a Bakugo, or do you think he would be more like your villain Deku? If the Malfoys had never joined the Death Eaters? Yeah, like, you know, let's just say... Hmm. If the Malfoys had never joined the Death Eaters, then I feel like... Draco... He would still be all pompous and, like, I'm the best because I'm a Malfoy and I'm pureblood, so... Suck it. But, like... (laughs) (laughs) But, um, I think he would be less of a wimp. Because Draco's thing is, like, he's a bully, and he acts like he's all that, and acts like he's better than everyone else. But when push comes to shove, he's a total coward. That's fair. And I think if his parents were braver and never joined the Death Eaters... He would still be himself. He would just not be so cowardly. So he'd be more like Bakugo. Okay, I like that. This is good. This is good. Mm-hmm. All right. What else were you wanting to discuss? Because we might have had what I wanted to talk about real quick before, but I wanted to do it on the podcast because I thought it would be fun. Okay. Uh, do you have anything else to discuss? Um... We could go over the new movie. Oh, yeah. We haven't even done that yet. Honestly, yeah. like, there's a lot. Could we put that in, like, another episode? I think, yeah. Let's do that. Okay, because that's a lot. Yeah. Because, th- let me tell you, <laughs> there's so much in that movie that we could go over. Yeah. But we might have had this once before, but what houses would all the characters be? And this is on the spectrum of villains this is adults like let's just do like 20 of the characters you know which houses do you think they would go in i will fight everyone on this okay okay i'm ready (laughs) so i've seen people sort the characters before okay and draw the characters in different houses but here's the thing in harry potter the how the sorting hat sorts you depending on what you value not the qualities you actually have right because every character in Gryffindor has qualities of a different house. Like, for example, Neville Longbottom. He was so nervous being put into Gryffindor. He's like, I don't belong in Gryffindor. This isn't my house. I'll never be able to live up to being a Gryffindor. I have Hufflepuff characteristics. I should be in Hufflepuff. Why was he in Gryffindor? Because he values Gryffindor values of courage and bravery. He looks up to people who are courageous and he wants to be that someday but he fears he'll never will be that's why he's in Gryffindor same thing with Peter Pettigrew Peter Pettigrew was a snake he was a backstabbing traitor he did not deserve to be in Gryffindor why was he in there because he looked up to his friends who were brave and courageous unlike him um Hermione Hermione was a total bookworm super intelligent and witty she has ravenclaw characteristics she was in gryffindor because she values friendship and courage right 
So, sorting is based on what you value and the type of person you want to become, not the qualities you have. Therefore, everyone in class 1A is in Gryffindor. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Ida has Ravenclaw characteristics. Deku has Ravenclaw and Slytherin characteristics. Bakugo has Slytherin characteristics. Todoroki has some Ravenclaw, some Slytherin characteristics. Ochako and Kaminari have Hufflepuff characteristics. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. But they're all Gryffindor because they want yeah, to become a hero. They make goal. the conscious choice to be brave and to put themselves out there and do heroic deeds. Oh, that's a good point. Even Mineta, who we all argue doesn't belong in Class 1A, doesn't deserve to be a hero, because he values that and wants to be a hero, he's a Gryffindor. <sighs> that's fair. Mm-hmm. So, like, sorry to everyone who puts all the characters in the different houses and throws Ida and Momo in... Uh, Ravenclaw and puts uh, Ochako and Kaminari and Hufflepuff. No, they're they're all Gryffindor. Just that, sorry, that's the way it is. <laughs> wow, Liza, way to wreck everyone's <laughs> dreams. Like and I'm sorry, minutes. but like as a Harry Potter fan, I love sorting the characters, and I hate it when people just throw the main character into Gryffindor just because they're the main character. It's like, dude. They have so much better qualities and aspirations than just being thrown into Gryffindor just because they're the main character. But I have to make an exception for My Hero Academia because they are all making those conscious decisions to be heroic. So they belong in Gryffindor. Well... There goes all my hopes and dreams. Thanks, Eliza. <laughs> That's a very so what valid about, point, though. I won't argue with that. What about the villains? You know, I feel like because Toga worshipped Stain so much, honestly, she'd be a Hufflepuff. Hmm. Because, d- d- describe Hufflepuffs for me real quick, besides them Hufflepuffs- being particularly good finders. <laughs> Hufflepuffs are loyal. They're good friends. Then I would put her in Hufflepuff. I would. I don't know if she strikes me as a Hufflepuff. I, I guess she has some Hufflepuff characteristics. But I'd say since she admires Stain so much and Deku so much, she'd be a Gryffindor too. Really? I think because of like how loyal she was to Stain though. Mm, yeah. You know, because like literally everything about uh, all of them you know, really like staying and, you know, follow someone in some sort of way. Yeah. So, like, would all of them just be, like, really messed up Hufflepuffs follow Shigaraki? Hmm. Not all of them. Which other ones would you say are, like, okay. different houses? Um, I would say Twice is a true Hufflepuff. He's a true because, Hufflepuff. Because Twice loves the League so much and he considers them all, like, his really closest friends. This is wholesome. Yeah. I like this. All right. I know. Um, hmm. Dobby's a tough one. Yeah, because <sighs> I gotta think about this. What would you say is Dobby? We don't even know Dobby's end goal. Yeah, we don't know anything about Dobby. That's what makes this so difficult. Exactly. But let's just do like theory. In theory, you know, if he's 
a Todoroki. Todoroki. That bothers me still, but all right, go, go. What? Hmm. Maybe <coughs> Slytherin. Well, Slytherin's like ambition and what else? Yeah, cunning. Clever. All right. I feel like, yeah, he would be. He's blue, though, and since blue is his flames and that matches the Ravenclaw aesthetic, we're going to make him a Ravenclaw. <laughs> it's more aesthetically pleasing if he's a Ravenclaw. Ravenclaw. <laughs> uh, okay, let me think. Hmm. Yeah, I feel like he would be a Slytherin because... I guess your own like personal ambitions because he probably has like some personal ambitions to like kill his father. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Something like that. So yeah. He's probably in Slytherin. What about Shigaraki though? Would you, would we put him as a Gryffindor? Mm-hmm. Because no. back to the loyalty thing, but no, he does have his I own ambitions. I don't think he's Gryffindor or Hufflepuff. He's not. He's loyal to all for one only because he's been conditioned to. It's not really a defining personality trait of his. And he doesn't aspire to be courageous or brave or. I feel like Slytherin like would that. be him, though. Because also, back I'm to the whole thing. I'm torn between Slytherin and Ravenclaw for him. Why would you say Ravenclaw? I'm not getting Ravenclaw vibes. Because I feel like he would be a Slytherin because it's an ambition. It's an ambition thing, you know. It's yeah, a, this it is. is the world I want to create. This uh-huh. is the world I want, and I will do what I need to achieve this. You know. Yeah. This is the what. This is the world that I'm fighting for, and I, that's kind of with Slytherin because Slytherin are like, I want to do this for me. I want to achieve this. I have this goal at, in mind, and I have to go for it. Would you say that that's like Slytherin? Yeah, so, okay. so Slytherin with Ravenclaw traits. Okay, that's fair. And then let's see. What's Overhaul? Ravenclaw, okay. definitely. Definitely Ravenclaw. Because he's so manipulative. Alright, that's fair. Hmm, let me think. What other he's not. He's not... His ambition is something of, like, more of a behind-the-scenes thing. Okay, I guess I get that. Hmm. Well, what about some of the adults? We haven't done any of the adults yet. You know, some of the adult heroes. Because Endeavor's, like, goals to be number one hero... Because... Well, here's a question for you. Back to the whole Gryffindor thing. Mm-hmm. Would someone's goals to be number one hero, like, overdo someone's goals, or just not put overdo, but what's the word I'm looking for? Outweigh uh, just to be a good hero in general? Would that change whether they're Gryffindor or not? What would you say about that? Because I think depending on... Because with Bakugo, Bakugo's big thing is, I want to be number one hero, and that's like so much raw ambition. But at the mm-hmm. same time, yes, it is bravery with a Gryffindor. So what would you say about that? He has Slytherin traits because of his pure ambition. Mm-hmm. But his choice is to be 
courageous and brave and his desire is to be heroic and that's why i put him in gryffindor with everybody else all right so with that in mind what about you know adults like endeavor what would you put endeavor in gryffindor you did also put him in gryffindor yeah there's bad people in gryffindor that's fair that's fair (laughs) being in gryffindor does not make you a good person (laughs) all right (laughs) that's fair (laughs) well i don't know if there's any other characters because you went and put them all into gryffindor once (laughs) i know (laughs) um how about hawks Hawks is going to be the most difficult thing ever, thanks. I know. Because if we're going by the same rules, then he should be in Gryffindor. But I don't think Hawks wants to be a hero. He's like Johnny Depp. (laughs) He doesn't want to be an actor anymore. He doesn't want to be a hero. (laughs) Well... From what we know of Hawks, he um, he was taken as a child by the Hero Commission and trained and conditioned to become a hero. Yeah, that's the worst. Come on, Jedi Order, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's exactly like that. Yeah, okay. So... So he doesn't desire to be a hero. He... He told he told Endeavor that what he wants and the reason he's acting as a hero is so everyone will be safe and so that um, heroes will be able to like chill out and have more free time than they know what to do with. So maybe Hawks just wants to like chillax and like crack one open with the boys or something you know Maybe yeah yeah to do so, <laughs> i mean it is <laughs> then what would he be that confuses me so much i don't know because if let's just this is just theory you know if hawks's main goal is to you know chill on the couch and like you know play some minecraft with the boys you know mm-hmm. eat some ben and jerry's and yeah listen to some music pretty loud then i don't know man <laughs> this bothers me. Yeah. Because I don't know. He wouldn't be a Slytherin. I don't know if he would. I don't think he. We could put him in Slytherin, unless <laughs> like his goal, you know, back to the whole ambition thing, would be like, my ambition is to do nothing. And so, <laughs> no, that doesn't work either. This bothers me. Ah! I don't know. Hmm. I think I might put him in Ravenclaw. Explain. Explain to me what a Ravenclaw is just a bit more. So, um, Ravenclaws are, their traits are wisdom, intelligence, creativity, intellect. And the pursuit of knowledge. Yes, so someone who would be a Ravenclaw is someone who desires knowledge and seeks knowledge. Right. Or someone who seeks harmony. And like, 
because not all Ravenclaws are super intelligent. Some of them are just creative people or um, like people seeking peace. Okay. Hey, I have a question. It's an off-topic question, but have there ever been any like really evil Ravenclaws? Not that I can think of in Harry Potter. Huh. I'm gonna look that up. I'm very yeah. curious about that now. Mm-hmm. Oh, after we're done with the podcast, I gotta tell you something amazing about Harry Potter. It's gonna blow your mind. Okay. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, but I guess I see where Ravenclaw's coming from with the whole harmony thing. Mm-hmm. Because that's kind of you know Hawks' main goal, but maybe like yeah. harmony with himself and like yeah, exactly. And Hawks is he has a lot of the Ravenclaw traits as well. So like I, I see the desire that would make him a Ravenclaw and the traits. All right, this is he's good. super smart, super witty and intelligent. Mm-hmm. So. Alright, then I guess those are a lot of Ravenclaw things. Well, it's my little tip, so I guess I will hand the reins back to you. Do you think this is a good place to close the episode? Yeah, I think so. I think we'll stop here, and we'll, we can start recording another one. Alright. So we don't really have an end tag, but I thought I'd throw one in here just to say thanks for listening. This is a free podcast that we make for fun, so we really appreciate you and your support. So stay tuned for more fandom shenanigans, and be sure to subscribe and share with your friends if you like what you hear. Also, we'd like to include you in our discussions. If something sparks your interest, if you have a question you want answered, or if you have a theory that you'd like us to discuss, send us a voice message and you could be featured on the podcast. To send us a voice message, go to our host website, anchor.fm slash E-L-I-Z-A 467, and click on the message button to start recording. Or go to my Instagram at Hawken underscore headlines, go to the link tree in my bio, and click the link that reads, send me a voice message. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you stay safe during these difficult times. Stay tuned. <laughs>